All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod. There is another fact, so jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Good evening, folks. It's time for your Monday evening episode of It's News to Us, our daily podcast, taking a look at the day's top stories. And uh, our uh, top story this afternoon really broke uh, actually kind of late. And it's a story that in some respects, not that we forgot about, but we had sort of put on the back burner for a while because this occurred back in March. Uh, This was the death of uh, Officer Trey Sutton, uh, the Henrico police officer killed in a motor vehicle accident. Um, way, you know, it was at Chamberlain and Wilkinson way back again, like I said, on March 30th. And we never really got details as to what happened in that accident. And we kind of assumed, you know, police had investigated it, figured out what had happened, but didn't go any further. And then today we, we get charges in this case, uh, David, you handled this. You spoke to the Commonwealth's attorney. Uh, what exactly happened with uh, today's uh, grand jury hearing and, and who's been charged? So uh, today it came out uh, just to, at around four o'clock that um, a uh, an 18-year-old named Jeffrey, his last name actually escaped Langford, me. I believe it was Langford. Yes, Jeffrey Langford uh, has been charged with... Uh, involuntary manslaughter and reckless driving uh, in this crash that happened on March 30th. Um, He appeared before court today and was indicted uh, on his charges. Um, And so, yeah, basically it came out that um, on March 30th, uh, Officer Sutton was driving with uh, another officer and then a civilian who they were transporting to jail. Um, They were making a left at Wilkinson and Chamberlain, um, when uh, Langford uh, basically blew through a red light at uh, a high rate of speed um, and hit them, and Officer Sutton was killed, and the other two were uh, pretty seriously injured. Uh, which you know, the some of the information around the crash is new new info, and certainly the identity of the driver um, and the fact that he's uh, an eighteen year old is new information, but. He appeared before court, uh, was arraigned, um, and they let him go basically on the promise that he will come back on October 26th. And the, uh, the, the district uh, defense attorney is currently looking at documents and deciding whether or not he should be tried, Langford should be tried uh, in front of the court, meaning just the judge, or in front of a jury. Understood. And again, like we had up until this point, we had no details of who the other driver was involved in that accident. We didn't even know that it was necessarily the second driver's fault. There was probably some assumption among us in media, again, because police had not come out with anything in the investigation that perhaps, and we don't want to talk ill of, of the dead, that perhaps Officer Sutton may have had some responsibility in this accident. But now with this, these charges, we now know a great deal more of what happened in this accident. 
Um, for people who don't know, in Chamberlain and Wilkinson, while a pretty prominent intersection, it's not far from uh, Wilder Middle School um, and the athletic fields over by, over by there. Uh, a lot of people I know have uh, kids who either play in the baseball fields or soccer fields over there. Um, but that's that, that general area where that accident took place. And this is before your time at, at, uh, at RVA, but that was during a period where we had, I want to say, four different accidents involving police officers um, in a four to five week period. In one of the other prominent ones, a Richmond officer is facing a number of charges uh, in an accident that killed two people. They were responding to a burglary call, supposedly, at the time. And um, there was an accident on Southside that killed uh, two people as well. So, um, again, interesting. This is uh, new information that we did not have, and you know, back in March. And uh, that that officer's death, Officer Trey Sutton's death. I mean, it took up several days worth of news. We covered his funeral pretty heavily. It was a it was a prominent story back back in March. Um, this wasn't the only prominent story you covered today, though. We had this very, no. very strange case out, out of Lunenburg, uh, mostly due to the lack of information that everyone was getting. Um, what was the situation with Lunenburg schools today? Yeah, it was really, it, it was kind of bizarre there for a few hours, just how little uh, was out there about it. Um, and to be fair, still a lot is, a lot of questions remain unanswered just because apparently this is sort of an ongoing situation with Lunenburg police, but basically uh, at just at 8.02 last night. So not a lot of heads up for folks in Lunenburg. Uh, the schools, uh, the uh, county schools sent out an announcement that um, school was canceled today. School was canceled for Monday. Uh, the school board meeting that was supposed to happen tonight was, uh, has been postponed indefinitely. Uh, all after school activities were canceled. And uh, while, you know, the, the governor's school of Southside, Virginia, which is in Charlotte County nearby. Um, so that's out of Lunenburg County, but the Lunenburg County kids who attend that school were not bussed over to, they also stayed. Um, and that was where they left it. They didn't give any further information. They limit. They restricted uh, the comments on their social media posts so that no one could sort of comment there. Um, and so dealing with it this morning, it was really sort of uh, strange because we were looking around and, you know, people didn't even have enough information at that point to speculate. Um, and the uh, I should mention the school's offices were also closed as part of this closure, which made things tricky for us. Uh, trying to call the offices to get information. Um, so at a little after one, um, the superintendent of Lunenburg County Schools um, sent out a statement um, that basically there had been a threat to the safety of the students and faculty in Lunenburg schools. Uh, and so they made the call to leave everyone, to have everyone stay home that was where they left it. They said that um, they couldn't give more information because Lunenburg police and now Virginia state police are, you know, involved in it's an ongoing investigation. Um, and that, you know, apparently Lunenburg police will be releasing uh, in a, uh, a statement soon as well, though, as we're recording this, they haven't yet. Um, 
I, I have seen I have seen them commenting to a few other you know media outlets that were that did make the trek to Lunenburg, which is about ninety minutes from from where we sit here in Rico. Um, mm-hmm. That it was a Facebook threat. Um, mm. But but what makes this interesting is, I mean, I've covered threats to schools numerous times in the past. Mm-hmm. You've probably been in high schools that have had to deal with this. You know, yes. My, my high school was a long time ago. We're not going to talk about too much about it. But um, <laughs> the idea that it not only canceled high school, but closed the offices, closed the school board meeting, and also kept kids out of the governor's school, and then nobody answered what was going on. That's what made this a bigger story than I think you're just nor- a normal threat. Yes. I mean, yeah, when I was in, in high school at Hermitage, just up the road from our offices, you know, uh, a threat came in one day while we were at school. You know, we went in lockdown for an hour, hour and a half, and then we resumed our day. Um, it was the short notice announcement that everything was closed. And like you said, the silence that really had people, you know, it was, it was almost eerie, just the utter lack of information. Um, which makes me wonder, you know, we'll find this out eventually. I'm sure the extent of this Facebook threat. Um, but yeah. And so school is back on tomorrow in Lunenburg County, albeit with a, uh, a heavier law enforcement presence in the schools themselves. Um, but yes, a, a strange, uh, you know, the, a strange sort of uh, void of information that occupied most of my morning. Yeah, no. And, and, and that's, and that's the thing. And, and of course we, we benefit from having more information out that than less. I mean, that's, that's our job to provide information, but it does sort of show you how things tend to spiral when there is a lack of information because people, people, people speculate, we don't speculate. We only work off of facts, but yeah, I mean, you could take a look at the, they had, as you and I both saw, we went on on the school's Facebook page and they just simply posted a uh, run of the mill. Hey, if you're having a crisis or or th- having suicidal yes. thoughts, contact somebody. And there was upwards of 40 comments on that, all dealing with the lack of information on the closure. Yes. That, and that was unfortunate too, because, uh, you know, it was posted completely unrelated to the story, but the the proximity and it being the only update from the school led a lot of people to believe they were connected somehow. And it was only when you kind of scrolled back in the school's Facebook uh, presence that you realized that this was sort of a pretty regular uh, campaign they were running. But a lot of, you know, that led to a whole other level of speculation because uh, there was just nothing out there. Yeah, ex- exactly. Speaking of threats, um, of course, this summer we had the uh, the alleged mass shooting threat, um, which continues to be a story. And uh, later this week, the Richmond police chief is going to be meeting with the public uh, at Liberation Church on Wednesday. That's on Southside. And then at First Baptist um, on Monument Avenue. Um, and that will be on Thursday. Both of those meetings are at 630. And this is an outgrowth of basically the lack of communication concerns people have raised um, following the mass shooting plot um, that was allegedly broken up. Don't know what police are going to say. I imagine they're going to get some questions, whether or not they answer those questions. 
that remains to be seen. It'll be your job, of course, to see that on Wednesday yes. as, as, to, as to what the response is. Um, but it, um, it'll be the first time really that we think that we see the police chief take, um, take questions from the public. He's taking questions from us. Um, obviously he's at points asked to shut them down, but he's taking questions from the media, but this is the first time really the public will be, um, asking him questions in, in regards to this. It'll be interesting to see how that, that works itself out. Of course, just to remind folks, we have two people in custody, neither facing mass shooting charges. Um, there, uh, one has pled guilty in federal court. One is pled not guilty in federal court. Um, but those cases are being dealt with on the federal level. And again, no mass shooting related charges. We still aren't even 100% positive that it was Dog Waddell that was supposed to be the target, even though police say it was. There's no evidence to that case. There's just a lot out there on this story that continues to you know, percolate over time. Yes. And in the, in the past week, city council, certain members of city council have been getting more uh, vocal about uh, wanting to see some of that evidence. You're talking about that Presumably the uh, the police have, but uh, there's a lot of those questions are still yeah. unanswered. And of course, you you sat in front of a closed door for for multiple hours last week. Uh, you know, yes, you you've been trailing the chief a lot lately. So I apologize. I, was, I, was, I apologize I, for that, but that is the case. <laughs> I was in proximity to the conversation, even if I didn't get to hear it. So exactly, exactly. So that's basically it for its news uh, for us for Monday. Um, obviously we'll keep an eye on this, the story with the chief and see if there's anything else coming out, um, on the, uh, officer Sutton, um, situation, uh, you know, maybe police will have some more details or have, uh, some information coming out response, uh, uh, on tomorrow. So again, like I said, it's been the Monday episode. He's David Lefkowitz. I'm Matt Demline. We'll talk to you tomorrow. All-star closer, Kenley Jansen. We have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod there is. Another fact, so jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.